Hey, it's Landforce. Today on Tab Talk, we're talking Museum of Forgeries. That's destruction by duplication. We're talking about Behance for art direction, inspiration, and brand sourcing. Uh, we're talking about F1. I go on a deep, deep rant on how incredible it is and why you should watch it. We've got an article about how to build a small town in Texas, everything from how you should lay out the lots and the grid to what materials you should use for the buildings. And then finally, we are talking about Facebook's corporate rebrand to Meta and why it sucks or is the future. This is a long one, a lot of tangents. Hope you enjoy it. Tab Talk begins in three, three two, two, one. one. Whole gang here, live from NFT NYC, live from the same room in the Bowery Hotel that they uh, they recorded Watch the Throne in. We're there right now. Uh, big shout out to the whole Bowery Hotel team for having the Mezcal ready on check-in. Uh, shout out EMM Group. Shout out Tao. Submersed rest in peace. Uh, much love to all my doormen worldwide. Peso by ASAP Rockies on streaming services now. Uh, Jersey City High, stay on your side of the water. Brooklyn Heights, you already know what the fuck it is. Astoria, still up and coming. I see you, baby, after all these years. Uh, apes follow apes. Three comma three. Um, let's build the metaverse together. Yo, we're hunting for the Cosmo Medici one-on-one in the streets right now. Right as we now. As we do the pause. Me and the homies. All right, we live. We live. All right, that's, that's about all I can that was good, all I can do off top. But we live. NFT NYC, where, where, you, where you guys at? We, you know, we, we in Hell's Kitchen. You know, we on 33rd. Let us know. Let us know on, on Twitter. We're outside. We're outside, brother. Let us know. That, All that, right. that, that was a moment in time. Welcome to tab, tab Talk. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That, that, throw that in there. Discover that in a thousand years. Oh, well, I, do, I also want to, uh, I do want to, uh, we do have a sponsor. We have a sponsor for this week's pod, our first official sponsor. And it does me, I do have to issue an apology, a formal apology, uh, because it's Wix. So <laughs> Wix, um, I'm, I'm sorry for, for calling you the Outlook of WYSIWYG website design platforms. Uh, so Wix, if you're designing a website and want a new partner who can get you designing and up in minutes, start with Wix. Low prices, $9.99, e-commerce built in, hosting and buy your domain through the same service. Use the code TALK at Wix.com to get have we, have we had the Wix conversation? Well, which one? About, I mean, well, about their sponsorship? No, no, <laughs> I, I, know, I know you and I have, James, <laughs> about their sponsorships. But uh, no, like... <laughs> like so I I've talked to a couple like engineers who are like Wix is the best no code tool. Like you can spin up a Wix database and then start like building UI on it like in in minutes. Like and I've talked to several actual people not uh figments of my imagination. Who use Wix? Yeah. Yeah, and it's like like all of them obviously yeah, confronted the the brand uh the brand problem, but uh they're also worth like 13 billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have any beef with, really real beef with Wix. Uh, no, thanks I, for sponsoring the pod. It's big, trash. Big shout out. Code I talk Wix. For, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Come, we're, we're, we're trying to, we're trying to get this, this hundred and thirty dollars, bro. <laughs> 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 
Tom Fitzgerald was like, look, we we like we took the Greyhound bus out to NFT NYC. That great, you know. What I mean, it was it was a rough ride. It hurt. I'm not gonna lie, it hurt, hurt my pride a little it's bit. Okay. You know, we had to we had to sell multiple Lazy Lions just to get the bus ticket. Um, <laughs> Hundreds of them to get the, to get the bus ticket. <laughs> Hundreds of Lazy Lions. Yeah. Right. Dude, what's what's some calling? Lazy we did to call like the right herd now. of uh, of Lazy Lions, right? It's not a herd, bro. <laughs> the, the, oh, the sorry, pride. sorry. The pride. The pride. The pride. We did call the pride. All right. What do we have? We, right. some ta- I, I think taps? I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pull us out of this hellhole that we're in. Um, so my first tab is called the Museum of Forgeries. So this is I think uh, Oren Mischief is this, is that what they go by? That- yeah, yeah, Mischief Mischief is the uh, is the agency behind this amazing. So thing. so what they did is they took a uh, original Andy Warhol uh, drawing worth 20k so they bought this thing for 20,000 bucks they made 999 exact replicas of it that were indistinguishable from the original and then they mixed them all together they end up with a thousand of the exact same thing that you can't tell the difference and they sold them all for 250 bucks a pop um the, the, so, yeah so now you yeah, don't know if yeah, you have one the of the tagline is like for 250 dollars you can get what is possibly a real warhol and this- uh the, what caught my eye on this was the, the uh, I don't know, somewhere on the site they describe it as destruction by duplication. So by, by just making a bunch of perfect copies of it, they effectively destroyed it. Um, but one of those people has the real one. That's I mean, it. Well, look, and luckily, the, luckily we've been solving these problems with the blockchain. <laughs> yeah. That's why NFTs exist. And so, uh, yeah, this, this would never happen really in is. Web3. But this is the so, coolest uh, thing ever, right? Yeah, this, this, is, this is the coolest cool, thing like, ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and legitimately. I, I, I love how it's like it is the antithesis of Web three and crypto and, yes. and NFTs as well. Well, and, and this and these guys are uh, these guys are relatively prolific. So this is like, and I, I said agency, but I don't know if agency is the right word, but it's like a collective where these are the guys who did they did the holy water shoes, and then they did those little Nas X shoes with the blood oh, in them yeah. that got quote unquote banned by Nike, which was you know I think obvious. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like obvious corporate shenanigans. Like <laughs> we're gonna ban you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, like, uh, but uh, but that's like they just kind of do these uh, these viral projects. That's like they're specific, what they kind of exist for. And some of them they they sell for money. Some of them are PR stunts for clients. And then some like this are just uh, this sick. Like this is this is crazy. This is so cool. Uh, I like that that these kind of things are thrown into the zeitgeist. Yeah, I mean, I, it makes me like. This is the type of shit that I look at and I'm like, man, I wish I thought of this, right? Because it'd be fun. There's good money to be made. It immediately makes me think, like, what are the other ways that you can pull this off? Uh, it sort of becomes like a weird way around, like, gambling laws, I think, in some regards, right? Like, you know, when this is essentially, you know. G- yeah. Well, this is also, they made $230,000. Right. Because yeah. they and, bought and, the piece and, and, and yeah. And, and they'll probably well, make, and, and you can just, like, way more off the back. I mean, just like, this is like a hyped thing, right? They obviously get tons of work, right? But I'm just saying like, there's gonna be more. Yeah, but when you have the ability, like that is the job here, which I think is sick. And I've heard of, there's a couple uh, well, companies or collectives like this that I've seen where it's basically, okay, we, ra- we either raise money or we're doing enough projects at a high enough volume, or really we just sit around all day and think of projects, you know, mm-hmm. that are, you know, like this. And that's a, uh, I think I think every, every uh, guy in his late 20s or 30s who has a podcast or, you know, a girl who is of certain influential status is like, yeah, well, if I said all this, right, I could, could come up with that. That's a job for me. Right. 100%. Uh. But here, that's 100% right, because that's, like, really what we've obviously would, would, would accept. <laughs> 
Yeah. I just hate to say, I really think we would be good at this. <laughs> yeah, Collins brought this up five or six times as an idea. They just did it. <laughs> Literally. Just I like one of the takeaways that they have on this site, which is like handwritten, like it was uh, copied from somebody, somebody's notes. But um, the takeaway is that for an artist doing merch or, or doing prints, that uh, making copies of it reduced the value of it, but significantly increased the revenue, right? So they made a, a ton of copies and then uh, 10x, you know, 10x the commercial value of the work on a whole, which is uh, uh, an interesting dynamic. I'd also add that I would pay way more than 250 bucks for one of these things. This is super 100%. cool. percent. I would like I would yeah. kill for one of these. Yeah. I'm just mad. Like I'm on the newsletter and don't think I got like an email or I missed it in like the promotions tab or something. But like, yeah, would have yeah. copped a hundred yeah. fucking percent. What's up? Yeah, you, you guys blacklisted me just because the pop. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mischief. I'll your boy. The question is though, I guess the 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 kind of cool thing about this is that they probably will never do this again, right? Like it's it becomes cool yeah, as some completely yeah, different. It just becomes cool as a one time thing right like it's well i don't know though because then they did, did the holy water shoes and then they did the blood satanic shoes so it's like oh maybe they'll maybe do they will give it another spin i'm ready yeah join the email list i guess download the mischief app you know yeah well then this ties into the whole uh one, one of my favorite art stunts of all time which was the, the self-destructing banksy that they uh <laughs> yeah you know, <laughs> just like like let's go yeah someone someone just paid like uh, 80 million for that the other day uh light work for the remaining shredded pieces yeah 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 um, All right. So, what I do mean, we, yeah. What do we got? What do we got next? What we got next? Is it? Uh, is it? Is it me up next? Uh, yes, sir. <sighs> All right. So here we we have a, a Behance link here, and so uh, Behance is a product that was bought by Adobe. That is a portfolio showcase site. Um, but here I have one for the Yang Ming Mountain Lab, and uh, but really this is more. Uh, it's less about this project specifically, although this project is uh, is, is is tight. Um, and it's more about the concept kind of as a whole. So I, I use uh, Behance you know, all the time, not so much to like curate my design portfolio because I don't do much designing anymore, um, but just as a kind of like visual inspiration. But if you scroll through this tab, you'll kind of see this is an identity for this kind of lab and they have you know, uniforms and they have pamphlets and it's utilizing this green that is very similar to the green that we are, are using in some of our pod colors a little bit. Yeah, you know, truer, truer to a green, um, but just you know shows all these kind of different design elements. But yeah, you know, what I like about Behance, and what I want to kind of talk about here is, is I've been trying to like wean myself off of hey, I'm just going to go on social media. Like I'm going to log into Instagram and scroll, or log onto Twitter and scroll, and like replace like instead of consuming, like create more. But I just have, you know, with the kind of like whether it's the dopamine rush or whatever it is, it's been hard to like not do that. And so this has been a great like app on my phone where I can be like, okay, I'm gonna log into this, and I'm just gonna like create mood boards and create link sets for all the different projects and things we have. Because, you know, I think people are always wondering, okay, well, where are ideas from? Or how do you create campaigns? Or how do you, you make a good brand or an identity? And a lot of it is, you know, comes down to like not necessarily stealing, but at least it's like saying, hey, here's these reference points that we really enjoy. And let's like base something on this or create something on this. And so I've got like hundreds and hundreds of Behance links categorized into different things. And I think it's just a really interesting way to just be consuming what it, like the curated uh, like zeitgeist of design is is currently, um, and then also just be like intaking creative things that, that are like they're done really well, and then using them inside whether it's you know creating the next Nano Flips uh, campaign landing page, um, or you know like a designing like some new brand coming to life, or setting up your whatever Facebook ads you have. I think it's just an awesome little inspirational tool. Um, that's my spiel. That's where I'm yeah. So there I, there are a lot of other sites like Behance, uh, Dribble. 
Yeah. Dribble. There's, there's a lot of them. Dribble's like single thing, sure. or Behance is like a project. Right. That's kind of what like I like about full, that. Is like, let's see the yeah. whole thing. Uh, be, be, I've probably mostly looked at Behance uh, over your shoulder, I guess, over the years. Um, but it really is super dope. And this Mountain Lab brand is... It's like... Really, yeah, so I know... Yeah, yeah, yeah this is yeah. sick. I, I know that you didn't yeah. want to... The, the idea was more about Behance, but like... This, but this one is like <laughs> this is, is particular, and I like pulling that out too because I feel like even a couple of years ago you would look at the design coming out of uh, well, I guess you, you've always seen like Japanese and South Korean brands that are like super on the cusp of, of what's hip, um, and I'm actually not sure what country this come from, but I'm assuming because it's Ming that it is Chinese. Uh, but you would kind of see that that was more like derivative style of design, like at best. And I just love that. Like, I want to see the creative frontiers that are happening in these different cultures and having seen a lot of that happen in, like, I've been following some of these photographers that shoot for like the luxury brands in, in China who are just like becoming incredible and like coming into their own style. I think that's coming in, in graphic design as well. Cause this is taking like great elements of like Swiss design and stuff and really just, you know, using it to its, its best effect. And, and I appreciate like the global nature of that. Uh, and the global nature of like these portfolio sites and appreciating people's work is also something that uh, is compelling to me. I mean, I think a lot of uh, of the global listenership, which was mostly comprised of of uh, men between the ages of fifteen and twenty four, and your on mom, Twitter. and your mom, <laughs> and, yeah, and my yeah, mom, except for except for my chunk <laughs> of the listenership, which is a <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, or, orange orange chunk of the listenership is a lot more refined yeah, and mature, yeah. or or hive, you know, split. <laughs> is that what you're calling uh, them? Yeah. Are they called or, or, they, they call yeah. themselves that? You know. <laughs> Uh, they, they used to be called medallionaires, but that's a different story. Oh, okay, okay. We'll do that one a different one. But um, no, I think it's, so. It's interesting because for me, I look at this, and I've, I have some friends who sort of work in like the space of creative agencies and production companies where they'll be like spend half their day making mood boards, right? Like legitimately, like I have friends who are sort of very involved in the graphic novel space, and like half of their day as they're creating graphic novels is like tr trying to like find stuff to show designers like from mood boards, right? Anyway, so, but I find it fascinating because I'm, that's not me, right? Like I think I've got like, you know, a 6.5 of taste according to Oren. And I, I think that's probably pretty <laughs> astute. It's, but, it's hard to get about five. <laughs> it's, it's hard to get about five. I'm trying to. But, you know, the thing is I'm, I, well, I am a performance marketer at heart, right? And I think that's where a lot of the money Twitter kids and people and men and women heads are at is like performance marketing like how do i spend a dollar and make two dollars right and i think that what's interesting is that it that most pe of those people myself included end up glazing over a lot of this stuff just because it's not in in our core wheelhouse and i think that people like if you can partner uh people that have like a phenomenal understanding of performance marketing then with someone that has like a phenomenal understanding of design and brand is like sort of the, you know, yeah. the, the place where well, magic and, is and made. It, it almost has to happen at a certain spend. Cause like I completely agree. If you're a performance marketer and you're like, all right, I'm doing, I'm doing four figures in, in, in like online ad spend, or I'm doing, you know, low to mid five figures in online ad spend. It's really just like, okay, the creative, it's really, come, you know, it, it can be mid as long as it's like, fitting in with what people engage with. It's sure. like the click funnels theorem where it's like the look doesn't matter. It's like, it's the delivery of this. It's the, it's, it's how it's like the setup. It's the funnel. Um, but then when you really go to like the high five figures of spend, six figures, seven figures of spend where it's like, okay, like there's like thematic campaigns and like, this is how deep we have this segmented and like every little conversion thing matters. And then the overall, like when you stop being like, Oh, impressions isn't a vanity metric. Like impressions is something that like we're, we're using as part of this like bigger, ads model sure. and like how people recognize us and that impression means that impression means a lot more if this green is a brand green that like is going to stay with people for years or whatever it is uh and so i think that's that's something they care about and you also just see the difference like i use this a lot for because a lot of creatives just need direction like you 
I think a lot of people want to think, oh, I'm a creative director. I can come up with these ideas. I can do that. And there's a lot of other people that don't, that they're just like, hey, I'm a creative and I want someone to like give me an assignment. And then the more I'm equipped to execute that assignment, the better it's going to be. And that's what I've found is whenever we're doing photo shoots or brands or whatever it is, like the more things we're equipping them with and the more times you're like, no, that's not good enough. Or, hey, like this is sick. Like, can we just do this and like have your own spin on it? Like the better the end result is. Sure. I don't 100%. know. And don't you want to be proud of your shit? I just want your shit to be ill, you know? I just want to go to nanoflips.com and just be like, <laughs> The holy grail of design and, and execution. 100%. It's coming. So, it's coming. The rebrand's so, coming. The whole agency. Correct me if on. I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of what's on Behance is not just portfolios from these these designers and whatnot, but it's it's like entire projects that they did just as a flex and to be exactly what they want. I mean, maybe that mountain lab is yeah, real. You'll see the But comments. a lot of like, so I was just, I was clicking around, went to the UI UX section and clicked on Godcast, which is like a, a podcast app UI uh, that it doesn't appear to be real. But a lot of, I feel like a lot of the work on here is kind of like, uh, you can clearly tell it's without client restraints. Like like it's stuff that like a client would probably have, have shot down or, or would never <laughs> have made it to light. And I think that's like, like the dope, the dopest yeah, part well, about that. That's like a designer tool to get business. Right. It's like, hey, I'm just going to flex yeah. this thing that I haven't yep. been able to do to show what I can. And I think that's a good, right. yeah. It's, it's definitely probably at least 10% yeah. of the platform. There's uh, just uh, scrolling through the UI UX section, like a lot, there's a lot of this stuff is not real. And it's in, in a good way. Yeah. And then you look at how you sort it. Like I usually sort by curated inside there. And then you tend to get an occasional one of those, but you really get like, okay, these are premier projects for premier things. Also like you can go in there and search by brand. You can go in there and search Porsche and then you'll see like actual Porsche campaigns and then people like trying to do a Porsche campaign or whatever. But I usually end up, uh, this is not how I search most of the rest of the internet, but like I, I either search by curated or like the most engaged um, on this because you can kind of see what that is. But I like what the platform is here because it's like I can look at an individual's portfolio, see all the projects they've worked on or collaborated on. I can look at an individual project. I can look at mood boards put together by those people or by third parties curating specific things, which is great for like I'm looking for textiles, you know, for the interior of a, of a building or whatever it is. You can go like look at people's accumulations of like what textiles work with, well with each other. And yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a really interesting and useful tool. And so if you aren't the kind of creative person that can, you know, get these things or pull these things out, like at least even scrolling through this and finding things you like. So you do send it to that designer you got on Upwork for 150 bucks or whatever. Like at least they're starting from like the right, the right space. Shout out 99 designs. Sponsor the pod. <laughs> There's nothing for $99 on 99 designs anymore. Do you remember when 99 designs was just $99? It's like when Fiverr was five bucks. Yeah, I yeah, I remember when Fiverr was only five dollar gigs. Yeah, good old days. You know, I, I just signed up for today. I signed up for Constant Creative with a K. Uh, oh, did you? That's uh, Nick Shockerford's, right? Yeah, yeah. What is it? Yeah, and so it's seven hundred ninety nine bucks, and it is uh, a month, and it's unlimited video edits and graphic design edits for unlimited brands and businesses. Um, and then, and I actually thought it was really interesting, like the onboarding process. Cause like you create a little portfolio for each, for each brand you have. And it's like, link me to the brand guide and you have to, no choice. Got to link a brand guide, link me to the files and assets. Like no choice. You've got to link me to fucking files and assets. Like they're, they're not messing around. And then it's like, when you go set up, Hey, I need to do a new project. It was like, give me a loom video, like showing me what you like. And it has to be loom, which I was like, Oh, like it was just, but it was like built for like the workflow where I was like, okay, I, yes, of course I have the Dropbox link to the brand guide. Of course I'll give you a loom video, like walking through ads. I like, and then link all the source files and give them the brief and give them the text for it. And then they just like spit it back. So I get some creative back on some stuff this week. I'm looking forward to it. Cause that's like a really reasonable price. And yeah, that's crazy. But they're kind of betting like every other SaaS is that you're not going to be busy all the time. Like I've got a, like a, a WordPress agency thing that like will do unlimited WordPress edits. And like for six, 
six months, I probably made their lives completely ridiculous. And I've just been paying it on auto pay for like to do one thing, maybe for like the next two years, you know? Yeah. The, the, at the same time, I feel like we've probably all worked with like a video, uh, editor that didn't require those things that it sound like they required and requiring the brand guide and, uh, you know, examples of what you like and all these things is probably a pretty good way to make those edits much more streamlined and the back and forth on that much more streamlined, which is like a lesson in itself, right? Like do the brief. I just like that there's this like, they're assuming that, okay, if you're coming to them and you've discovered them, and I assume most of their marketing is primarily through, through Twitter, uh, is, is like, uh, you know, you have this basic level of like, you've got these things organized, you're on the internet, you're, you're, you're a person who has Loom because your business uses Loom and you're on Slack because your business uses Slack and then we're just building that into the workflow and guess what, if you don't have it, like, yeah, good luck. wrong customer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, All right. Well, let, let us know how that yeah, one goes. Yeah, here. what do we have next? I think it's me. Yeah, okay, so this actually sort of um, <clears throat> fits even though <clears throat> that wasn't actually a tab, the constant creative one. Uh, my tab is, uh, and actually just before I jump in, I do want to remind people, um, for the few of you that do listen, I do generally think it's worth looking at these. Wait, what do you um, mean few? Sorry, uh, well, yeah, few is relative. <laughs> yeah, it's all relative. When I say few, I mean like several million. We only discuss analytics off the Yeah, map. yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. <laughs> for the, all of you that are listening, um, no, but I, I do want to remind people, I, it's worth actually opening these tabs, right? Like that Behance one is just like, I think it becomes infinitely more powerful, right? If you look through it yourself um, as we do these. But um, the next thing is my tab. Uh, this is James, and it is VidTau. And so VidTau.com is it says YouTube ads made easy. Discover and track your market's best YouTube ads. So you can make a free account. Um, when you do, uh, you'll, you'll see what it's like inside. But for those of you that are, you know, doing paid social or, you know, running PPC advertising, you'll, you'll, you'll probably know what Facebook ad library is. And if not, let us know, because that's, that's definitely a tab worth diving into if people don't know what ad library is on Facebook. Um, actually, I think Oren went over it at one point recently, but anyway. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Vi- the, the, my, my, uh, my YouTube series is based on ad library. That's what, yes, that's what, what it was. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Um, but VidTau is, yeah, so VidTau is basically an ad library of YouTube ads. Um, and I just, like, I think this stuff is super, super, so, super cool. So are they scraping, like, every ad that runs... Tagging it I, with, I don't, with what industry it's in, and then they're just all here. I guess. I mean, similar. I guess that's the process of what they're doing. Yeah, at yeah. least for some for yeah, major cause, spends. Because because Google's is way less transparent. So I actually looked looked this up because I use the Facebook transparency tool for ad library all the time. And then obviously, if like made it uh, and making a YouTube series off of it, but then like they don't. And then TikTok has one too, but TikTok has it like you have to be logged in, you have to have a business account, and then you're seeing like the top performing ones in different areas, but it's kind of very limited. What I like about Facebook is you can see any of it. I can click on any brand, see exactly what ads they're running, which is sick. And then, but Google's was also very like, you you have to kind of navigate around to even begin to look at it, which is like, I understand why Facebook has that level of transparency and I'm using it for something completely different than like what they're kind of created it for. But like, this is like necessary because if you, you have to be able to look at like things that are relevant to you, like the highest performing ad on TikTok is like, if it's like fucking Skittles, like that doesn't mean a difference to like a, like a marketer who's trying to do like, you know, like a five figure right. brand, you know? Yeah. Right. I think so. This is, so I think this is also useful back in the day. I would have just tried to copy all this stuff, right? I would go look at the top performing creatives and would find an affiliate offer to run him against. Right. And this is like, this is essentially, um, how I used to run ads. Like when I was an affiliate marketer a long time ago, which is like, just go run through people's funnels, click them, try and copy them and make them work for yourself. Now that's not the long run way to win. I think this is like a really great tool for multiple reasons. But one thing I know that's really cool 
um, is that I mean, I've met with these guys um, is that the people who own this is a front end for a YouTube media buying agency. So hmm. this is their front end where they where they do customer acquisition. So um, and it's like they're for my knowledge, I haven't worked with them, but for my knowledge, they're very good at what they do. And they definitely charge a, uh, a pretty hefty amount, but they're very good at what they do. And so I think this is a, a very clever sort of, obviously it's a useful tool, but it's fully free. So that then hypothetically, uh, for those of you that found it too complicated, <laughs> you then go hire their agency. So I just think it's a cool funnel. It's, it's, it's interesting for multiple reasons, I guess. I love, uh, have, you, uh, have you guys run any ads on YouTube in the recent, recent year or two? Not I recently. not. I'm curious. I know people that are crushing on YouTube, like crushing it. Because you have what's great about YouTube from from my looking into it is um, uh, actually, no, we have run a little bit on YouTube, but like less like a couple thousand dollars in total, like nothing significant. Um, but, you know, you can do there's search intent, which is like super powerful. Right. So like I think that that's one thing that people forget with with paid social is like you're looking for this pattern interrupt, like to trying to stop people from scrolling and click through your ad. But like with search, it's just different. Like like it's, it's just the most beautiful business model on the planet. Yeah, it's <laughs> you know? completely beautiful. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like, and it's totally efficient because it's like a dynamic marketplace in which bidders, uh, you know, are, are are bidding on on ad placement, right? So, like, as just from like a, like a, a standpoint of the business model, everything about it is beautiful to me. Um, but yeah. yeah, and so if you want to break down search intent for people that don't know what it sure. is, because that's where kind of where I have I was going with this because that's like extremely powerful. Sure. So search intent is so like uh, is is if you're actually looking for something, what I would call like commercial intent, like what is the searcher's intent when they're, when they're looking, right? So for me, if we're talking about like buying keywords, I'd call it commercial intent. Like is there an intent to make a purchase from that search? So search intent might be, is it informational? Are you trying to buy something? Uh, You know, if I'm searching, for example, like, uh, what does pain in my right shoulder blade mean, right? The search intent for that is not too commercial, right? So there's not like a lot of value in that directly. Um, uh, so what you're going to find is a lot of informational sites, WebMD, stuff like that. And then they're monetized through ads, obviously. Um, versus if I say like, you know, what is the best iPhone case of 2020 for 10X Max? There's, or like, or sorry, buy best iPhone case, you know, like, and that's a buy blank is a common one. There's clear, clear intent there for me to make a purchase. So if I then serve an ad for someone searching that, it's very easy for me to make a sale. So very different than Facebook or Instagram where people are just scrolling, trying to connect with their friends and family, um, and then you are serving an ad there. So in Facebook and Instagram, you're looking for more of like a pattern interrupt. How do I sort of get your attention quickly and get you involved versus like if you're bidding on search traffic, um, whether it be YouTube or Google or any other sort of search engine, uh, you don't really need that tra- that pattern interrupt. You are sort of serving them with exactly what they need at the time that they're asking for it. Yeah, is that a, that was that was a really good explanation. It was pretty in depth. At the most basic, <laughs> at the most basic level, it's like sometimes you go to Google and search for something you want to buy, and then you're served an ad, and you're likely to buy that, or you're much more likely to buy it. Versus when you're scrolling on social and you see a pink ad for a boomerang that, and you may or may not have any interest in a boomerang. And obviously, all the data they have about you might increase those odds. But it's like it, it is the in, search with the intent to buy versus some something random just dropped in front of you. 
Yeah. Well, well, now with Google, it's just built into like when uh, when you go into custom audiences. So if you're in the Google Ads tab, if, if you use Google Ads and if you use it robustly, you'll be probably there's a custom audience tab. You can create audiences for various things. But now it's like a one click to go custom audience and then custom intent. And then literally it's like from keywords. So if people are searching those keywords on YouTube, like you have them in an audience. And that audience means you can serve them with YouTube ads. You can serve them with display ads. Like it's, it's ridiculously powerful, uh, especially for like, niche things and you know is a if you are like running ads in your business and you are not using that like it, you should be because there's all kinds of what I like about the Google platforms that you just have all kinds of like varying costs from that like whether it's display or whether it's SEM whether it's YouTube like you can get your uh, like your, your CPMs your CPCs and things like that into like a wide and that's so you know cost per thousand people look at it or cost per click uh, you can just get a, a pretty wide range if you want that kind of cheap or expensive or, or to try things so whether you're again you're buying hundreds of dollars or tens of thousands of dollars like it's just a super effective thing you should be using yeah, there's the other stuff that's cool about the with YouTube specifically other, other than having search intent <clears throat> is I think you have a slightly higher barrier of entry and so you end up having a little bit lower competition in some regards right so what I mean by that is creative is, is a, it's a lot more difficult to create creative for YouTube so if I'm just a, if I'm just out here some small mom and pop or I'm an affiliate marketer I got no budget and I want to run ads on YouTube that might be an intimidating thing for me right like on Facebook you you can uh, use a static image they sort of do all these things for you YouTube like the creative is, is really where you the magic is I think a commercial yeah 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 and I mean even if it's it's just you but, on but your think, phone. I think it's like still like effort for right, people, right? right? And and that's something I have noticed on YouTube is uh, is like um, it used to be I was getting served ads all the time, and it was like movies and major brands. And now it is a lot more of like independent videos. I think it's really I think TikTok helped this where it's like our right, people were making video like for real, like many 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 people. And if not, someone in your business probably is, and they're thinking through it in a, in a performance based way. And that's just basically changing like what a what a commercial means. Where it's like yeah, it really only takes the iPhone, and especially with vertical on YouTube now and being served ads in that format, you're just like. Like it's it's making it that much easier to execute, which means the only people who are kind of resisting that are yeah boomers. Boomers. <laughs> I mean, t- TikTok has helped. Wait, yeah, boomers a state yeah. of mind. I just want to be clear. <laughs> Absolutely. <about that. laughs> Absolutely. Anytime we start talking about Bitcoin on this pod, you'll know we're in a boomer state of mind. Do, sure. Do you use Outlook? <laughs> <laughs> have, have, you, have you owned an Android? <laughs> <laughs> what color are your bubbles? Yeah. 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 Uh, um, but yeah, I guess that's, I mean, so it's interesting. Everyone go look at VidTao. I think from a marketing perspective, it's clever because I think it's a useful tool. And I think it's just a fascinating sort of case study. If you go sign up, eventually you will get an email from them that asks you if you need help with your YouTube ads, right? It's just a clever, uh, a clever funnel for, for their agency. Um, so I think that's it from, for, for VidTao for me. What do we have up next? All right. Colin, this is you. I'm up next and I'm just excited to finally have my moment and, and publicly <laughs> rant and rave about how incredible F1 is. Um, so my tab is not anything in particular. I think it's the F1 uh, motorsports or whatever, uh, the Formula One uh, website. But uh, I think, so I, I'm, I'm mentioning this coming off the heels of last weekend uh, was Austin, Circuit of the Americas, the only... Uh, F1 race in the United States for this season. Um, there were 400,000 people there. Um, and I think it like really marked the pinnacle of, okay, the United States is paying attention now. Um, F1 is like, I don't know, like next to soccer, it's like the biggest sport in Europe. Uh, the top drivers in F1 are like synonymous with the LeBrons uh, of the world over here. 
and uh, it's it's a global phenomenon outside of the United States. And because of like how Europe is laid out and and everything really on that side of the world, it really is global, right? Like the races are are uh, all over the place, everywhere except for the United States. Um, but uh, there's already, I think, next season you've got Miami, and there's talks of a third United States race because it's blowing up here. So before we discuss three uh, three things that have like really turned me on this and blown my mind that are like just to illustrate how far beyond it is than like cars that go really fast and guys <laughs> that drive them or gals that drive them, but uh, the whole landscape is like it is completely unfair. Right, you have a team in like a Mercedes, and I don't know these are exact numbers that has like a twelve hundred person team going up against a team with like two hundred and fifty people, right? With with in, incredible budgets, probably in the in the B's um, versus just not like it, it is not even remotely fair um, from a uh, just from a funding standpoint, if nothing else, the the strategy element. Uh, not, you know, outside of just like how the cars are performing, but the strategy element with pit stops and, and all these other variables is, is incredible once you start paying attention to it and see how it dictates races. And then finally, and this is the, this is the good one. Um, so the cars right now, every, every few years, uh, they change the spec, right? So basically there's a an F1 spec that all of the teams go and build their cars to. And the spec says you can do this, you can't do that. And as long as you follow in those specs, you can do whatever you want. Anyway, right now, the spec includes two acronyms, KERS and DRS. Okay, DRS, there are, uh, generally speaking, a couple of zones on every track that are DRS zones. And if the driver is within... Uh, one second of the driver in front of them in a DRS zone, they can use DRS. And DRS stands for drag reduction system, which means they push a button on their steering wheel and the wings adjust and it lifts them off the motherfucking ground so that they can fly. <laughs> right? right? Oh, um, so sick. Right? And then KERS is, uh, KERS, another acronym, is the uh, kinetic energy reclamation system and so this is like in a tesla when you when you break and it's it's harvesting power off of that kinetic energy so same exact thing uh they have batteries on the cars when they're braking it's it's charging those batteries and then they can use that booster it's a it's a booster button on their steering wheel they can use it for up to 6.6 seconds per lap uh, and it adds like 80 horsepower um that that's my rant Discuss. Uh, sick. First of all, I actually think I, I, that uh, that Colin and I, when, when we first started talking, when we first became internet friends, we were talking about going to going to this race. Yeah, like a year ago. Yeah, we, we were like, Yo, we next bailed. year, we bailed. <laughs> next year, we're going to this race. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but next year, no, next year for real. I know Oren's not coming because Oren's ear, ears are bleeding. Just, <laughs> I, just, I, just, <laughs> I, I went to the F1 at, at Circuit of the Americas, I mean, yeah, three or, three or four years ago. Uh, yeah, it's, just, it's great. It's amazing. But it's also just extremely yeah, loud. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and just like, I was one of those where I was like, All right, great, had a great time. Boy. Do not particularly, like, my ears rang for like a week. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, so listen, so I, I'm super pumped on this because I, I think it's really cool. I think I, I like many other people, was totally aware of F1 and thought it was like kind of cool. I started paying attention to it a bit when I was living in Asia because it was like a much, I lived in Kuala Lumpur and Singapore is like a big 
F1 has a big Grand Prix. Um, Singapore sponsors the pod. <laughs> sponsors the pod, please. Board of Tourism. Yeah, yeah, the nation state. <laughs> Um, but really was drive to survive, right? Was yeah. like was like that when that show came out, I thought it had been kind of cool before, started paying a little bit of attention. And then I watched that Netflix series and it is fucking phenomenal. Like yeah. they did such a such a good yeah. job with that show where it's it's a docu-series, but it really feels you feel the emotion and everything that's exciting and it's cut like a like in a cinematic manner. It's yeah. it's all and I think I'm not the only one, right? I think that's probably where a lot of people Yeah, that, I mean that, that's that's completely what what blew it up and i think like rough numbers are they've like doubled uh tv audiences um and obviously a lot of that is in europe but uh you got to keep in mind that most of these races are uh you know i wake up very early with my daughter and then watch them on like a one or two hour delay so they're airing at like three or four or five a.m for like those of us on on the west coast of of the U.S. and even with that, it's they've doubled viewership, um, all all on the back of that show. Um, the show is also like brings you into that world. And another fascinating thing about it is these drivers are the best of the best of the best. There are twenty of them in F1 at at any given season. A lot of them literally grew up driving against each other, right? Like um, parting, right? Yeah, right. I mean, because they're, they're all, all these kids are like it's like AAU basketball. Um, any of those programs, like if you're, if you're driving, you're driving. And then every weekend, right. As you get older, you're seeing the same kids like rising to the top. So there's like all these old photos of like Max and Lewis, uh, who are, you know, the top two drivers, uh, in F1 right now, like standing on podiums next to each other as like 10 year olds. Um, which is, which is crazy. You've got another, another guy, Sergio Perez, who was like, uh, who's from Mexico. So this upcoming race is kind of his home race, but, uh, he was like plucked from Mexico and just like brought into a race program with everything paid for when he was like a little tiny kid, uh, like didn't have a childhood or so- or something to that effect. Um, cause he, he's basically like put on cause he was good. It's like, it's, it's a crazy institution in Europe. And I think a, a big part of why it's so different is the folks that are into motorsports in the United States are like generally, uh, blue collar and, uh, Bible Belt and you know that demographic in Europe it's it, like it's the elites it is it is sure. the, the shout, yeah, shout out the yeah. Bible Belt shout out the Rust Belt shout out all of our <laughs> shout, you know, out, all my shout, out guys, shout out Dickies shout out Carhartt shout out Ben Davis let's go um, <laughs> but it, it's like so demographically different in terms of who is even into these things and uh, it, it's incredible like those pit stops the pit stops Yo, like 2.3 seconds to take four tires off of one of these cars. It's crazy to watch. No, it, and they train so for it, right? And, like they're all, and like you yo, see them doing like they're stretching before, you know yeah, what I mean? Like before it, the yo, race starts. Yo, if the, and the, and the if, it t- if it takes 2.9, it could lose the race for the dude. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I- so, so I want to. Uh, uh, I've got this uh, this magazine. I got to recommend a listenership and to you guys. It's called the Road Rat, and it is a. It's like a long form, like full art. Because uh, this is one of those like when I, I went to F one and I didn't. I was like, okay, this is really sick, but I don't understand anything about this. And at the time, I was working at an agency and we had uh, Malibu Boats as a client, and we were doing all these like technical specification comparison videos of uh, wake boats. We did like a uh, like a third party testing between a bunch of different boat companies, and we were looking at doing the same thing for cars and bidding on that. And I'm in these combos being like, okay, I just 
don't know enough <laughs> about this. But this is like a, it's one of those magazines, it's like quarterly, you know, it's probably like 20, 30 bucks, but it's like, it's deep dives. And the one I, I pulled off the shelf here at the, at the house had a, like a whole thing on like, is, you know, is Ferrari doing a good enough job in like how they're, you know, like in their F1 presence and like, you know, and like, it's like, you know, it's like an eight page, right. like breakdown uh, uh, of this. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah. And, and you kind of really get into like this culture. Um, and this is in this magazine kind of covers everything about like, uh, you know, your cars in that nature, but F1 is one of the things that overlaps. So if you are kind of looking at, if you've gone beyond the documentary on Netflix, you want to dive a little deeper, I would, I would recommend this, this road rat, uh, met magazine. I'm, I'm, I'm copying right now. So that, that brings up another interesting dynamic and I'll try not to keep ranting and raving about this, but you have constructors, which are teams like, uh, like Mercedes or Ferraris that are, are actually car folks. And then you have teams like Red Bull, which is an energy drink, right? And there's like, there's like very different dynamics with, with that whole thing. And then something that's happening. So after the 22, so Honda makes uh, Red Bull's engines. After the 2022 season, Honda is getting out of F1. Red Bull is buying all of the IP in the factory. And so now Red Bull is a constructor or, or after yeah. the, the 2022 season, Red Bull will be a constructor. Um, and it, it, it's crazy. It's such an incredible world. My last thing is you've got a billionaire who like buys a team and then just like puts his boy on. So like, so like Lance Stroll, who's like a good driver because he's been Definitely. doing it since a little kid. He was a little kid and, and his dad put him on, uh, is literally just like the rich guy's son who puts him on the team. It's, it's wonderful. Yeah, and I like it because it literally because well, almost like every team is essentially like succession for yeah, fast cars. Yeah. Like there's like all this like <laughs> yeah. dynamics, especially because like that's the whole like that's Italy's way like or like yeah. in general. And so you know, you also had something. I, this was in the in the group chat at some point. But it was like a simulator, oh. like an F1, like a full simulator bro, for the garage. I've been looking at you yeah. get the oh, so, bro. If you get that, yeah, we, 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 what's what's a hidden for? What, what's what, what's well, the so these like things all just run on like PS PS fives and Xboxes and whatnot. So it's pretty. It's pretty reasonable. And then there's a there's a wide range of like everything from like a steering wheel to like you can get the steering wheel that mounts that mounts on like the chassis and then you can get like haptic vibrations in the ch in the chassis and like mo <laughs> yeah. and like movements and stuff. But uh, I kind of like f slipped down this rabbit hole on Instagram. I don't really use Instagram except for I pop on and look at some of these videos. Um, but you've got uh, these simulator setups where it's like you're like driving a fucking car. Um, like, yo, yes. Yeah, so what, what, what's hidden for? What's, what's I mean, the whole thing? Like, you, the, the haptics, like, like I, the whole I, I got garage space, yeah, brother. This fucking, I, think, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think you can get it going like without the PlayStation. I think you can get into like something fairly complete, like pedals and wheel. And like, you're in a chair for like thousand bucks, but then you can go like way higher than that for sure. Yeah, yeah. So I've been retweeting all these basketball tweets, trying to win a PS5, <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't know what's happened because I've definitely, <laughs> definitely done it, and uh, and I still haven't won, so I'm not the, unsure about that. But we'll circle around that later. But yeah, I would like uh, we should, uh, yeah, we should. Uh, we I also feel like that's the kind of thing where like I'll have it, I'll use it in my garage, I'll use the the hell out of it for three months, and then I'll never use it again. So if you guys want to like, I'm, I'm in. Third yeah. that up, and I'm, just, I'm like, and just well, transport yeah, it to the next you'll, guy you'll, for you'll a But quarter. imagine doing that, and then like you could sit down and like race each other. 
<laughs> oh, I, you, I, you guys don't even. Know. I'm it's so it's ready the for this. Bro. Okay, good. This is. Like, I'll, I'll figure out the setup and we'll we'll roll, roll with it. Well, I'm so 100 percent down for this. this. This is like a sort of a dream of mine. Um, there's a, a video game I used to play all the time called Forza, and that, yeah. like all I could think yo, was like yo. Well, and, 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 and James just copped the M3. Which is like I, this reminds me. My, my brother bought a car back in the day. My other brother used to make fun of him. He he brought a a BlackBerry car, and it was like. Almost black, like it was like slightly purple. Once so you always be like, oh, the car is black, Barry. And I feel like it's that with the M3. 40 Yeah, it is, it is, <laughs> yeah, it is like great. that. You know the, the you know the dealers are charging like twenty five thousand dollar dealer fees for M3s and M5s right now. Just if you can get your hand on one, absolutely. Yeah, insane. that's and that's not even just the the the, the price has all been raised, but just the dealer's fee on top. It's just like. Yeah, it's not extra sure, twenty five grand. If you want this. Like the, the like the sticker fee on the Urus was like a seventy five er. It's like, <laughs> you know, what are we doing? Yeah, it's just nutty. It's nutty. But uh, yeah, I mean, I uh, I would I'm super hundred percent down with this. Let's make it pop. I'll you can I'll leave one of you guys in charge of. Yeah, I, I would say uh, I remember Colin used to be a Subi Boys WRX gang, and uh, I, we we have a uh, there, there's a new um, there's a dude working working for us in in the maintenance department who's got like just the old beat up for just rebel Ooh. loud like Ooh. WRX that he's just he's rolling through with like you know I mean like like late 90s with like the vanity plate I'm just like let's yeah. go so, <laughs> like you just live so in the that dream that guy yeah. uh, you know looking I looked at a young man probably very similar to him and I was like I'm selling my car today when I saw him because that dude <laughs> I, because those dude that dude will see you in your more modern perhaps WRX and be like brother Subi gang. <laughs> and I'll be like, I like what you're doing, but I'm not 16, so I will see you later. Yo, light, light flex. And I will like, look, this, this podcast has obviously turned around a lot since the, the, the crypto mega bull run hype cycle. You know what I mean? We're, like, we're, we're back on top. Flexes, flexes left and right. You know, the, uh, Hold. And so James just sent in, in the chat the $9,617 3D motion simulator for, for car racing. Like full, full setup. You know, looking out here like a, like a, like a rig from Terminator. <laughs> looking like we're going to summon ghosts from the netherworld. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm Yo, with it. You know what I mean? Let's, this is let's it. go. So I'm one, one, I got an ethos right now. So Yo, I mean, so yo, so the crazy thing about these is, so like on the display in front of you, they have like, if you're in a car, this the screenshots here are in a plane, they have like the the dash and the gauges from the car, so it really gives you this like cockpit experience. And then obviously because it's a video game, you can just like be copping whatever car you want, like sitting in any car, doing stuff. Not to mention uh, F1. I'm. I mean, listen, we can have a, a the, the Tab Talk DAO will buy one of these. And the and the you know it'll automatically well, the tab talk that will vote to be clear based on the based on the protocol to be clear yeah but yeah so we're down F one's dope real quick we were doing no we were um, in New York they have uh, uh, is it E one is that what it is it's the electric yeah it's, yo um, yo somebody was telling me that the E one like fans can vote to give the drivers more boost. What? I don't know. I don't know if this is. I gotta Google this real quick. Yeah, that could be some future. Yeah, I was shit. gonna say. You know. Yeah, we're we're, we're gonna be. You know. Like, yeah. We're gonna be yeah. setting up the bot farm. You know. Big shout out to Singapore. <laughs> Thanks for sponsoring the bot farm. <laughs> you know, we're gonna go getting this, getting this boost, getting this rebel check. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's boost arbitrage. It's, it's E one boost arbitrage. Yo, yo, it's called fan boost. Yes. This is sick. Is that real? That is so, so cool. So fan boost gives like fans the opportunity to vote for their favorite driver and award them extra boost. Of power during the race. 
Is, is it linked on the, is it like secure by the blockchain? <laughs> Almost certainly not. Uh, yeah, so yeah, so it's Formula E. I don't know. So maybe it, it may be because Tezos has like a big a big presence in in this motorsports uh, world. Yeah, Formula yeah. One. Yeah, Tezos. They were like sponsoring yeah. that. Yeah, which is and that's what when I saw that was when I bought Tezos and yeah, same, same. Speaking <laughs> of speaking of a floor check, um, I actually this is a floor check I'm I'm dead curious on because I know that uh, uh, yeah what, what what what's the basketball card floor check like where are you at compared to like when it was uh, probably about ooh probably. I'm a little bit better than half. Hang on, I'm sending that simulator setup to the F1 group chat real quick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because yeah, I, I was figuring no, you were going to have no. to like let some cards loose to to, to contribute I to mean, the, the simulator, and so yeah. I was just wondering like no, how's that it's uh it's a little bit better than like half of at its peak, but it's also been off season, so I think it's gonna. Yeah. And, and so for those that don't know, Colin would be having pictures on the Twitter where he'd like be flexing. He'd have like 17 oh, Luca yeah. like in the, in the <laughs> yeah, thing he did. where it was like, and it would be like the price tag on it would be like $13. That, I mean, you know what I mean? Whether he paid for that or not, or that was just on the no, one I, pr- I printed those off the office. No, no, yeah. I'm, well, I guess I was always into basketball cards, but I had a, I had a good run with basketball cards. It's pretty lucrative. Uh, I did not sell at the top, which means it would have been more lucrative, but it's still like, I think I ended up putting like 15, like 15,000 in and it's, I could probably go liquidate it for like 50. And I think I'll probably, my, my plan is I'm, I'm, Flex I'm, of the I'm, week. I'm, gonna, Let's go. I'm, gonna, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to like sell off some of the noise and some of the stuff and basically just like keep the more blue chip stuff. Longer term. So he's going to solve Devin Booker. He's going to solve yeah, Trey Young. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's sorry. Solve, yeah, sorry, he's Trey. Uh, yeah, mellow. But I can't but wait to... This is all... Anyone I'm on gonna, the Blazers. I'm going to stake all of it. I don't have any Blazers, except for... <laughs> I got... Never mind. Three, three comma that, three, brother. Uh, let's go. Stake it all on Olympus. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're staking it all in Wonderland and, uh, and just call it a day. Well, hold on. Uh, I can't wait for... Colin, I hope you don't have Orange Wealth Manager also, so when you explain your net worth, the, the aggressive amount of your net worth is tied up in, in cardboard. cardboard card. No, <laughs> no by then it'll They're be in plastic Olympus. sleeves, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, shout out I, to I the Olympus. I like, between all of it, it's like... Yeah, dude. It's just like everyone has just one weird asset class. But like, look, like ammunition is technically an asset, and like, and, and what is the minimum threshold of cost of that asset which you would consider a part of my portfolio? And just, just can I get it market, in the pie market to like market? Ammo? You know what I mean? I dig it. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Is, is there a US a USD to ammo stable coin? It's, 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 it's just it's called the ammo, nine mil. Is that? The nine millimeter is the yeah yeah, yeah. nine nine comma n comma m. All right, sorry. This is this is, this is. I really gone gone down the rabbit hole. I feel like I had somewhere else I wanted to go with the uh, with with the basketball cards and the and the floor check, but really I think we just ended up at flex of the week. Oh no, you know here, here's what it is. I wanted to give a motivational talk <laughs> to the listenership oh. related to this. You, and I think you guys were really motivated because yeah. what Colin said, he was like, I didn't sell at the top, and you know, guess what, brothers and sisters, that is okay. Like that's 100 percent okay. Everyone's <laughs> always like, oh, I'm not. Oh, I'm not Thank still at the top, or Thank oh man, you. like it went down too much. Like, like it, it, no one ever catches the top, every top and every dip. Maybe James, but no, no, no. yeah, like, just just, we'll just pico yeah, tops. You know what I mean? <laughs> and we, we were talking a lot about this as we are in the middle of the like mega bull run hype cycle. But I'm like, really, I feel like every time I've always tried to be like, yeah, I'm just timing with the market or whatever. It's been terrible every time. I've just been like, yeah, I'm gonna take profit at this price. <laughs> it's always worked out splendidly. And so I was telling the group chat, I want to motivate everyone too. Is like set that target. Like right now, I have a five thousand dollar Ethereum target. And if Ethereum goes higher than $5,000, at any point over 5K, I need to feel 1,000% comfortable selling. And guess what? It might go to 6,000 or 8,000 or whatever it is. But guess what? I will have made 
what I wanted to make off that, and I can let it run higher and just and just take, and that's all right because that's how you make money. I if do, you just keep going, oh man, it's seven seven thousand. I call it. It's the top. We're good. That's not going to happen. But I do want to say that five K is fud. Five K ETH is fud. I want to just throw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, five K for for this. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and look, it might Negative. go higher. And uh, but yeah. we're we're going to buy back, and then we're going to so, do this again. So yeah. an example of of what Oren's talking about is. Uh, my sell on Bitcoin was $1,200. So we got to 1200 right. sold all of it. <laughs> <laughs> he should have bought back at the next dip. But uh, yeah, like, we're, not gonna, we're not going to paper hands. And now, the, and now, now, you're, now you're, out here, you're out here making podcasts with boys trying to get 130 bucks from uh, <laughs> from Wix for our affiliate commission. That is the other thing. I was like, especially looking at like Mana and all that now, it's just like, man, should I really just be like, just take five, $500 every month and just buy one, anything, yeah, and then just yeah, keep doing that yeah. every month in perpetuity and just never selling it? And is, and that, that, the, uh, is that how I end up a, a Shiba And Giggle then oil? one of them... <laughs> the, yeah. the elusive Shiba Gigawell? <laughs> yep. Never mind. Never mind. <laughs> well, I don't know where, no, where we're we, at now. We've digressed. What's the... Go, go is there, <laughs> shut the front door. Do we have another tab? What do we got? Okay, there? let's move on. Yeah, let's I think we, on. we have multiple. All right, so the next one, th- this, is, this is one of my tabs. I apologize in advance for this. Uh, this is called How to Build a Small Town in Texas, which I actually feel like is going to be really useful for uh, some of the listenership who've been thinking of retreating from society <laughs> and forming their own. Uh, but th- but this is, you know, when people talk about, yo, we should all live in a commune. <laughs> I don't know if you guys have that conversation a lot, but comes up, you know, almost every day for me with, uh, uh, but this is like, this breaks down like step by step. Like if you want to build a town, what, you know, uh, what it actually takes to do it. And it's like everything from like grids, which is like, hey, here's, you have to space your town. Here's the amount of development that should ideally happen in your town. Like when you start it and the amount of open space there would be and then like you know what are the materials you should form your town from like does your town need a square and and they basically give you a complete plan for if you want to build a town in texas how would you go about it and it's just incredibly well thought through and thinks of all the nuance but from like the actual structure and location of the buildings to the percentage inhabitants of the resident to the ideal size to how people communicate uh to like making decisions and uh, it's just like a fascinating little look and here's where i'm going to uh, tie this to the blockchain in a way that like is a completely crazy parallel. Um, but I'm just like, this is when people are looking at forming DAOs, I think we should be like taking these same principles into place. Cause really it should be, you know, being thought of as like, if we're inhabiting this, this space together in the metaverse, are we taking these same principles from what it takes to grow to a physical town besides like, this wells, is, ba- this is basically you know? <laughs> documentation for town X. It's a, uh, it's written by wrath of Gnon. <clears throat> wrath of Great blog. Non, yeah, I don't know. Uh, how do you how do you how do you <laughs> anyway, pronounce so, that? <laughs> also, and, th- and this is a tab that like this was a bookmark, not a tab. And I feel like everyone. Should do have you a guys bookmark. remember? Like everyone should own an atlas that gives them access to local wells. Because <laughs> in the event of anything, if you don't want to own a well, because people are going to come for your well. But if you are, if the thing, if it goes down, you should know where the nearest well is, and you should become. Ironically, well. Bitcoin does not solve this, right? <laughs> this is this is one of those scenarios where, like, if you're worried about well water, if you're worried about getting across a bridge in an apocalypse, you know what I mean? Like, I'm not sure Bitcoin solves that for you. But hold on, do you guys? No, the black. Do you guys remember Wild Wild Country? Did you guys see Wild Wild Country on Netflix? Oh yeah, 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 the yeah, yeah. That, that's out. Oregon stand up. <laughs> yeah, 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 but, you know what I'm saying? Welcome, yeah, you guys are welcome anytime yeah, at the yeah. Portland facility. Uh, yeah, yeah, we, we, we got we got four or five graduates, you know, working the line. Yo, yeah, yo, Kelsey was the the woman for Halloween a couple years ago. We, and, we know. Oh, it, I, it, I thought I was gonna say she no, did their website, yeah, right? No, she she was her name Sheila. I think her name was Sheila. Uh, 
Uh, maybe it was, it was, yeah, it, yeah, was yeah. it was flawless it was the best halloween costume execution i've ever seen anyway go ahead oh it just reminded me of wild wild country right like they, wife, they, shout they, out. wife shout out they literally had to build <laughs> I mean, they, they did it like legit right like they built yeah. you know and they, they they tried to make it sort of their own laws and and all this all this chaos and i think what's funny man is that none of that functions like really at scale without sort of like the infrastructure of everyone else around you, right? Like I think Texas is like one of the few states that could like hypothetically survive off its own like power sources and stuff like that, right? Like it's uh, uh well they they really can't. They thought that they could uh, <laughs> and then that went uh that went awry. Oh, you uh, the American yes. shale or, or what uh, you know when they went to like they went off the national like the national grid and like your restrictions of, of what it takes like to be like actually like nationally on power and that's where all these power outages this last year was like the grid that they created couldn't like actually stand <laughs> oh, up I didn't to even know that. Events and they disconnected from the federal law. Yeah, it's just a. So maybe, so maybe as the ex resident of Texas, tab is, is going to do it, do it on your own. I, lo- I love this. It's, it's, I love that you tried to connect it to the blockchain. To the blockchain? <laughs> yeah. I, I thought you'd appreciate that. My, also, my, my new favorite trope is that whenever James posts anything about his normal life, and I'm like, and that's why I flip courses on the internet with digital real estate. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> and we just, because the more ridiculous the connection is, the better. Dude, that takes um, some creative process to figure out how to connect, like, <laughs> How to connect me being hungover on a Sunday with why you should be buying yeah, something. Like, oh man, this this tweet this tweet I had about you know about hot yoga is kind of hitting. How do I connect this to digital? So, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I do want to give myself credit from is that like I don't. Colin used to hit me up all the time because I used to have it just auto plugged from Hype Fury, and he'd be like, "Yo, bro, like your your tweet about something totally random just added, like," and I'm like, "Oh, damn it, I gotta fix that." That was but, probably like the first time I actually like start, started talking to you regularly because I'd be like, bro, I don't know if you know this, but you, <laughs> but you, you just, you just auto plugged that, that tweet about seeing your mom yesterday. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, every tweet today. But uh, so I, yeah, but so I do it. That's the dream. No, I do it manually now. Like, and so I only obviously try and do one thing I can do it with. But there are some people I don't want to shout them out. But like some people do are just still rocking that still on, on their hype fury. And like it'll yeah, just pop yeah, up. Yeah, it yeah, looks so it. no. Like, nah, bro, you, caring what people think is the problem. Yeah, and I'm the, oh, look, I'm, I'm the worst of this. I have taste, so I, it's so hard for me to do all this shit. You know, but like, but if you just don't, if you just don't, and you're just like, you know what? Like, this, this tweet about saying my mom's getting traction, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get four subs off this. Pump Let's it. Go. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, you know what, you know what a sub is? Look, what, in, inside the Nano Flips funnel, I'm sure a sub is, is worth some, some, uh, well, pretty, we won't go over the exact serious, numbers, but the subs are, some are, are pretty, are pretty viable for like, for right. sure, and that's 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 even just with one sort of product. We'll see where it goes in a couple of years. Yeah, and, and I feel like and, well, maybe we should have gone gone deeper on the segment of how like we're, it's, it's no longer rock bottom. That's no longer the segment. I feel like uh, <laughs> I, I I feel like it, it, we need to uh, maybe it's is it is it luxury shit or or get your <laughs> bread up or something. I feel like we need to like we need to be talking bag, about like like what people need in their bag lives. Check. Bag, bag check. check. Yeah, we go. yeah, bag, bag <laughs> check. All right, I love it. I love it. See, that's that. That's the branding. <laughs> The differentiates. This is what separates the visualized values from the. Why, uh, why you got us? The other ones. You came. I came and recognize the other ones, brothers. Uh, you'll be asked. I feel like we need to be giving these you know, the, the global listenership some insights. You mean to like if they're looking at stoves? You know what I mean buy a wolf a wolf range? You know what I mean definitely. Like, if your knobs you know, ain't the, uh, red, are they even knobs? You know what I'm saying? Like if you're, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it's not a like candle lights. Like are those candles by Rado? Like is that watch a Cartier tank? Is that pull over Stone Island? Do you, do you have a craftsman in your life or a craftswoman? Who helps you when you need to like handle some textiles? Like our sons and daughters should be apprenticing with the blade. You know what I mean? Like the only meat in the house should be duck. You know what I mean? Like 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 this is what we set up, and this is actually perfect because uh, yeah, we were talking about espresso machines earlier. This leads to our newest sponsor, Nespresso. Can't man up for a real coffee machine. 
got an office for some employees that you feel are kind of mid? Nespresso. <laughs> or, Orin's out here cracking yeah. on Orin's out here cracking on K-Cups on the regular I just installed my cake my, my Keurig 2.0 shout out to my older sister who bought that for me like three years ago as a present you know, I've, I've probably spit out like 10,000 cups of coffee out of that sucker so but I do need to up. Yeah, but it grows mold on the inside of it. And while I do believe fungus was <laughs> brought here by alien life, oh, to, yeah, that's you know, a whole different <laughs> that's, that's But like, no, I do. You have to go for the whole coffee. I know when I did send the coffee machine that I was looking at into the group chat, I did feel like a crazy person because I sent I sent a Kyoto drip, which is like a multi layer, like you drip through yeah. like a cloth to like get your cold it's brew. Brutalist. But like when you it's look <laughs> at the Amazon preview, it, it looks it's some yeah, meth yeah, yeah, shit yeah, right yeah. there. Yeah, like, definitely. Dude. I was like, hmm. It is kind of crazy to think though that, and this is. I don't know. Maybe it's only interesting to me, but like making coffee is just a process of you know putting water over coffee beans. I mean, you know what I mean? Like that's just it, it's that simple. Sometimes things that seem complicated in general, um, when I realize how simple they are, bro, like a, bro, combus- a combustion engine. Sm- smoking <laughs> weed is just lighting weed on fire, my man. <laughs> yeah, right, you know, if, if, if you tweet that, yeah. a thousand likes. Bro, I'll, I'll yeah, tweet that out right yeah. now. When we get off, I'm, I'm tweet, tweeting that one out. Um, I, mean, yeah, I, feel, I feel like that'll hurt your personal brand. We're already hurting your personal brand enough by having you involved with this in any capacity. No, uh, yeah. no, no. Let's, uh, I, I'll, my personal brand. We did, Christy. Was the name of that segment, was it bag ba- check? Or was it bag? Bag check or baggage check? I don't know. I was thinking like airport play, but. I like bag oh, I, th- Yo, I, I like wife, bag, I like wife like, shout out. We're keeping you, wife yeah, shout out. Yeah, wife shout out's good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got to get James one. But, yeah. Yeah. You got to get me a wife. If, yeah. if anyone's listening that's looking to get married, um, I'm looking for, to be a sugar baby. Well, yeah, but, but James, it, it, it can be X check. X check. Actually, my most recent ex sent me a candle today as a housewarming gift. Uh-huh. That I, that I, was, was, it, was it by Rado? No, but she was the one who put It's so funny you say that because in our old house, and I hope she's listening. She used to put the Byredo on my kitchen, and the first time I used it, she's like, like slap my hand. She's like, that's for guests. And I was like, oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. She's already sounds like someone that would be friends with, with, with my wife and I because the Byredo candle, obviously. Yeah. So, like, you know, definitely Byredo. Byredo candle in that era. This is pre Travis Scott collab Byredo. Oh, yeah. This is Byredo back before all the homies were on, were wearing gypsy water. You know, this is like, <laughs> this is peak Byredo yeah. was when she had it. Yeah, so, she, so shout out to, shout and, out to, and the, if you're, and if you're, X check, shout out to God. X check. The other one is like, if your Aesop ain't grainy when you wash your hands, you're not using real Aesop hand soap. You know what I mean? I feel like that's another yeah. important one too. Yeah, well, we so this is actually to, to that point. We went to an engagement party this weekend for one of my wife's friends, and on the, and she didn't like bring a gift. She was like, "We need to bring a gift." They said, "We need to bring a gift." I was like, "Yeah." They say, "Don't bring a gift," but like, of course we're bringing a gift. <laughs> like, I don't. I'm not going anywhere empty-handed. And so we stop, and she's like, "What are we gonna do?" And I'm like, "We're going to Venice. We'll just pull up on Aesop." You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, so we, we pull up on the Aesop store, and they're like, "Okay, well, what soap set do you look for?" And they're like, "Well, we can get the smooth one or the grainy one." And I'm like, "Let me tell you, fella. <laughs> you know, like, if you think I'm gonna coming out of here with, with a, a non-grainy Aesop, then then people are gonna think that we swapped it out." <laughs> yeah, you know I mean? yeah, because like, that could be that could be dial. You could just put dial in a in an Aesop bottle if it's a smooth and, one. And I know people that I uh, there are people um, <coughs> out there who uh, who have been who who get the Aesop single and then just refill it with like dial and that is that, that, do you think it's offensive that a bo- that, a, that a hand soap could be ninety dollars though? I mean, is that that's sort of no, not at all. <laughs> first of all, like. It, it, Aesop is a uh, critical part of my skincare routine, like you know, just across the board. And, sure. Uh, and yeah, and, but the, the quality is there, completely worth it. Plus, it lasts for like, especially something like that. We're like, yo, I got the Aesop shower gel, lasted for like a year. And yeah, granted, it was ninety dollars, but you look at that like per wash. I'm like, it's true. It's true. Yeah. Well, while Dial was less, like I don't know. It's just 
I feel like the the idea of just smelling like a forest <laughs> at any time like, is a good one to you. <laughs> All right, well, let's let's go. Before we go, listen, the, we could go so deep into like weirdly esoteric soaps. Is a success. <laughs> yeah, backjack. Yeah, if you guys great, know about the right. Great intro. Yeah, look, Mountain and Goats, sponsor the pod. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Yeah, Boy Smells, sponsor Boy, the pod. Yeah, I do like, you know? like, I do like <laughs> Boy Smells, actually. Um, but no, mine's a, mine's a, a dope. Palo Santo smells, uh, smelling candle, the, the, the OG smell. Damn, hate me out here burning sage, bro. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, what do we have next? I already so, clicked this next tab, and I'm just, like, fuming about it. Who's, all right, who's intro? It's, it's, it's mine. I'll, I'll do the quick intro on it. Um, so this tab is just, it's just the, it's just meta. And it is, it's just the homepage of uh, Facebook's sort of rebrand as meta. And so to catch everybody up, I guess this week, last week, um, Facebook did a whole keynote and an, and an, an announcement that said they're changing their name to Meta. Now, to be clear, I saw people when I tweeted about this be a little confused. Facebook, the social network, is still going to be Facebook. Uh, Instagram is Instagram. WhatsApp is WhatsApp, right? But this is just a corporate structure thing. I, I, I know Money Twitter gang. I know our listenership knows about hold codes and corporate structures. They they, they, they've been through Alphabet. They, they, you know? they, they know it. But just in case, just to say this is this is sort of the, the parent company that owns Facebook.com, the social network and all these, is changing their name to Meta. And, um, and it, there's an interesting keynote that I think is where everyone should give a watch to see. Uh, I'm just looking at the, the thumbnail of the keynote and I'm pissed. Well, Colin's got a whole bunch of gripes with it, but he isn't betting against no, it, right? I yeah. mean, I mean, I just think this shit sucks. Like, <laughs> like it's like it's like I get that they're like they own Oculus and da 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 da, but like I think going the name Meta is like borderline like cultural appropriation of Ooh. Web three. Uh, I see that, and and I also think Mark Zuckerberg needs to realize that he is not the Steve Jobs type. That he can't do the legendary keynotes and have somebody else do them. Like it's it's clunky and stupid. Well, everyone is hating guys. I'm, I'm, Go ahead. What? I'm sorry, guys. I got I got to set this one out. Uh, Mark, Don, Cheryl are all <laughs> close. You know, uh, because because of my relationships, I uh, I'm gonna have to put this one on the sideline. Damn, I couldn't. I'm trying to keep the. Oh, yeah. uh, you know them from the Aesop Hand Club. Um, but no, yeah, no. I th- so I, 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 I'm with it. I, for me, the reason I was so hyped on this is because I think, as everyone knows by now, I'm probably a little overexposed on what I would call Web3, i.e. Ethereum. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and uh, I've got some, like, and I'm, I'm, you know, feeling pretty good about it. But so this is not... My thought on this is like I don't really care about what Mark Zuckerberg does here. I don't think he's going to win with it. You know what I mean? I, I conceptually, I think that I haven't really used an Oculus, so I don't want to speak poorly about it. But that's it doesn't feel seamless enough for me yet. Like like when there's just a Google Glass or like it's on my contact, well, I'm there. But I'm not sure for that. I'm ready. Um, so, but it's more just indicative to me that like everything that we talk about in this little echo chamber, right? Like is clearly where people with massive, massive, massive amounts of money and influence are thinking about putting their efforts. And so that's sort of like indicative, I think, of of it, us being they, right. They are. I, I just think that uh, the uh, the Facebook platform is going to be so much better s- set up for success. And I had this thought today because I was actually like, today I, I have all these NFTs that are like minting rewards and stuff like that. And I'm like, oh, cool. I'm going to go cash in 
you know, I, you know, I have this token that's going to allow me to mint a skateboard that interacts with my many. I have, you know, this like this thing. Oh, we're doing this, and but like, yeah, but gas is like 135 yeah. bucks, and you're doing all these things. It's basically like you're like looking at a lot of these things. Be like, okay, we have all this energy that's going into Web three. Oh, we're building something in a centralized you know universe, whatever. But a lot of it's just like people trying to get like a lot of 0.1 to 0.4 ETHs for like thousands of, of yeah. things and like looking at that and be like, look at what we're building. And then the reality is like commercial teams who are going to be given a app store or whatever it is, like with access to that and APIs and like complete foundational setups and gas is going to be 0.001 cents. And like, sorry, that probably won't happen on Solana or whatever. Like people are kind of betting that is like, they're going to, whoever wants to create that infrastructure, let's say Facebook's like betting on it and who wants to, who wants to do it right is going to get all these like commercialized teams who create the like, obviously like less fun, but more polished versions of loot and like all these things out here that everyone's excited about the concept of. And while I would love it to be the decentralized independent version of that wins, like unless it gets gotten together and people start being like, oh, I'm going to make so much money that I'm going to end up with like seven apes and get to stand in line of dudes like outside a yacht, you know, like it's like if, if that mentality doesn't go away and people don't start like really honing in on how do they build this together in a much bigger way than, than kind of what, what's happening now. So someone like the, like the, the Zuckerberg team is just going to be able to come in and like sweep that away and combine it so well with like a seamless UI. And I don't know if it's going to be them. It could be somebody else, but like that's definitely the fight that we're approaching here. And I feel like we're going off too many tangents and things are going too deep and people are so excited about it that they're kind of losing sight of what adoption looks like that we may be decentralizing too far. No, I, Interesting. I, I completely agree. Like I, I'm a huge... I guess I haven't been a huge hater of Zuckerberg or Facebook until this moment. I'm just like a hater of this in general, but I completely agree that most of the people in Web3 are kind of like the the fact that like mass adoption and like consumers decide what this ultimately looks like is pretty lost uh, on them. And obviously Facebook or Meta is in a position to actually figure out what that looks like uh, because their whole game is, is user experience and, and adoption. And that's like, those are the things... That, yeah, that and their whole happen. game is getting people into the loops of like, let me explain this concept. Let me get your mom to adopt this concept. Let me get the dopamine loops going to keep them inside sure. that concept. And that is the 100% what is missing. Right now in the NFT space, it's all like, we have all the creativity, we have all the building, we have all like the zooming down the road, and we are missing all of the like, <laughs> yeah, let me, let me connect my rainbow or my MetaMask yeah. into the mint profile. <laughs> yeah. And let me, yeah. let me, let me For sure. let, what's my phrase again? Pre roll, scissors, <laughs> dog, Eskimo. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. it's just like this is not the, the not the answer. Yeah, I also the other side of it is that I think that people for now, don't get me wrong, there are I think there are the rebels who care more about the moving thank, the movement thank you. forward thank you, James. <laughs> yeah, than, yeah. Than, than just the people that are for money. Appreciate you shouting us out like that right here <laughs> on the pod. It actually means And then there's <laughs> capitalists like me, right? And then when Fa when Mark Zuckerberg comes along and is like, oh great, I see you're a great developer in this space. Like, you know, like, how, how would you like, I mean, USD still works today, right? Fiat still works for the foreseeable future, right? We're going to, I'm just saying they have a war chest, right? Where they yeah. can start making acquisitions sure. and they can, and they and can develop. And everyone like talk, talks down on people that like work at FANG companies and stuff like that, like on Twitter. But then the reality is like, yeah, guess what? I'm an engineer. I make 450. Yeah. You know, yeah. and I'm, I do options. I want to work on the thing that I'm excited to work on, which is Web3 inside an infrastructure that is extremely comfortable for me? Like, hell yeah, yeah. they do. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, so I think that to, to that point, it's just that like, yeah, the, the current, you know, the current crypto community, from my knowledge of it as well, is that, that they don't recognize sort of sometimes like things are like the biggest player wins, right? And we see that in industries all the time, especially ones that are nascent and sort of like and, and evolving. And we see that like uh, it ends up being just whoever can get biggest faster has just sort of wins, right? And, and, and so I think 
uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Again, I'm not. I'm actually not super bullish on, you know, what Facebook is doing here specifically. Like I said, it just makes me very bullish on on where I think the future is going. Um, I, yeah, but think of what like a couple acquisitions away could mean to this. It's like okay, they buy cash on hand. Apple or Facebook could buy Peloton. Could buy, you know, like they, they could like take all of these things with like mass adoption that people actually do believe in, and like immediately place them like metaverse adjacent, and it, and and just make moves. Like they haven't done this announcement without like a concrete roadmap of like what M and A development looks yeah. like. And I just can't wait to see what that rolls out on, and the size of some of those swings, and like how that could get in there is, uh, I think, going to be fascinating. Yeah, I think anyone is is like woefully ignorant if they don't recognize. That's a great point, Warren. Is that them, them making this decision, there's going to be a, a, a whole slew of, of press releases following this of like how they're executing on this and what this really means and sort of what, what M&A is in their, what M&A is in their pipeline and sort of what they're developing. Right. Like I think everyone is, everyone hates on Mark Zuckerberg, but you know, clearly he's uh, maybe not, maybe not giving uh, keynotes like Steve Jobs, but clearly is a visionary. Right. I mean, there's no question about that. Right. Um, and really, really good at executing. And maybe it's because he's a lizard person from the moon, or maybe it's because he's just some smart kid. But either way, he's, uh, I wouldn't like sleep on him. Right. Like I wouldn't bet against Mark Zuckerberg. Right. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I wonder, you know, I actually thought it was really interesting. This ties into a prior combo we, we were having, but he changed, and I don't know if this was fake news or not, but he changed his profile picture to an, uh, to an ape after, uh, like after this whole announcement went down, like his Facebook PFP Culture, was a was cultural a cultural appropriation of Web three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, but I'm just saying, I thought it was really interesting that, and again, this could be fake news, and I'm misreporting it, but I really thought, but I'm you know, I don't know, seventy five percent sure it's real. <laughs> there was an ape and not a punk, and that does separate to what we were talking about earlier, where they're like, I, I feel like everything we've seen so far this week at NFT NYC. And plus like that means like there is a, okay, there's, I'm just seeing the difference now where it's like, all right, granted like the eighth floor still is where it is. It still has like some sort of clout, but that's gone to, in my head. Like, it's like, I know some really cool people who have apes, big shout out to them, but like it's punks and everything else now where it's like, and if he had, I think done it with a punk, I think that would have been a really interesting and different approach to that. Sure. And but also would have like meant a lot for the, it would have been complicated for the punk community. Yeah. As is well, there actually. anybody with a punk that would have sold it to him? <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. knowingly probably. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Not unknowingly for sure. I mean, that's. I mean, that's that's the. It's so interesting because uh, I think outwardly in our we we clearly all hang out on Twitter the most, but outwardly in our little crypto Twitter, money Twitter corner, everyone's very anti Zuck, right? But clearly the world is not anti Zuck, right? It maybe uh, from his the world is super uh, super clearly anti anti Zuck. Well, from uh, like a PR standpoint, <laughs> but I don't mean like anti using the, the 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 products that he owns. That's all I'm trying to say, right? Like they're clearly like yeah, for sure. I I think it, it's funny, you know. I only say this because you know. So I'm I'm an advisor to the company whose surfboards he rides in those viral <laughs> videos, and uh, and we're we're, no we're flag so, and okay. the, <laughs> yeah. And, and there are the uh, and there are comments on like like when you see like the level to which people attack that and the scale of which they're like the vitriol is shocking. Um, and then the general assumption that like are just over and around it, because we think of all the other things it doesn't impact, like people will be fighting about Israel and Palestine and how they are censoring certain politicians, like, like the global, uh, how he's regarded globally, especially in like the politically divisive side of it. And even like how that is then associated with the products and associated with WhatsApp, like in particular, like there is a, an under, there's a really dark undertone to all this, which I don't necessarily think is, is his fault. This is the nature of having a a emerging platform yeah. on the internet that like controls more than you're aware of. But like, yeah, this is, I think people have a really kind of 
dark feeling about these whole people in general. This only exacerbates it. But I think what they're hoping is like, again, for, uh, for NFT Twitter or whatever, like this is going to be like a terrible thing for everyone else. It's going to be, they're not even going to know what meta is. And they're maybe associating this new and exciting world that they're going into. And they're taking away that association. Like they're not doing this for, you know, punk one, one, two, four or whatever they're doing their, uh, they're doing this for our moms and, you know, and like the people that are going to like embrace this new reality they didn't know existed. And they're probably going to win from that rebrand. Definitely. And I, you know what I think is really interesting too, is like, let's, let's take this further out and let's say, let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Let's say they win the adoption game. Uh, everyone's using Oculus, right? You're living in your metaverse, right? Um, I saw someone tweet about this and I thought it was really, uh, interesting thought was that the metaverse is going to be for the poor. Right, like, and that the real world will be for people who are really wealthy, right? And like, that's a really interesting concept because if it can get sort of, if VR can can get and AR can get good enough, like people will take VR vacations, right? If you can't afford a vacation, you'll you'll throw in your Oculus and you'll be in Hawaii tomorrow, right? Like in racing in F one car, yeah. Ra- racing in F one car, um, and but then for how do that? Maybe it creates an even larger class divide in the future right where like sort of the real like if you're going if you're flying in a real plane if you're going on a real vacation you're only sort of the uber elite people right so it's just well, interesting I, think, I mean when I think of the like the first announcement that they made post meta acquisition was that they're rebranding oculus quest to meta quest and they're removing you having to log in with facebook so you'll be able to augment so their quest will no longer be associated you don't have to go through it like they're already moving like they understand what the implication of that is like and they are basically moving away from that platform and like settling on this one which i think is just absolutely fascinating have you guys used an oculus before i've never i don't think i've ever used one i have it's it, it's extremely mid and we, and we got the new one we we we, we bought the, the new one. i think it was the quest or whatever it was and like literally like played a couple games and like sent it back it just wasn't it just like that doesn't live up to the hype um but like it's coming. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's hard to, I think like... Uh, if you even need the VR aspect of it, if, like, if it's all just PFPs and, you know, whatever the version is of Fortnite that adults interact with and like this next extension of, of social, like it doesn't even have to have to have the VR yeah. element, you know? Yeah. Uh, like it just, it just needs to have infrastructure. Well, I think that's what people don't really realize is that like when, when, when we're out here talking about the metaverse, like it, it doesn't require you to be like, your entire, you know, field of vision to be overtaken by like a digital landscape, right? Like, uh, we're we're all we're currently we're 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 playing in it right now, right? Like as we do this Zoom call, right? It's sort of like pretty interesting that like fifty percent of our lives. I think I was talking to you guys about this recently. Um, uh, I have a friend who's raising a, a VC fund just for uh, investing in in connecting the physical world and the metaverse, and. Uh, the way he explained the stat to me was he goes, believe it or not, 50% of Americans still live in the real world. And so he said that to me, not 50% of Americans live online, right? Spend their time online. Yeah. He said 50% live still live in the real world. And it clicked for me, like, or sorry, yeah. uh, uh, Americans still spend 50% of their time, sorry, in the real world. And it clicked for me. That means the other half of the time is fully spent you know, in the somewhat digital world, in the, meta, in the metaverse. It's just fascinating. Well, and think how bad that digital world is. Like, let's use Twitter as an example. Like, logging in and scrolling Twitter is trash. Yeah, it's like, like the Craigslist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, and, and it's great for exactly, but it's like the crazy where it's like, okay, it's great. We're getting value from it. It's enjoyable. But then, like, what the future level of that experience is, like where we're logging and interacting and getting that same level of value, but in a way that's just like a hundred times more interesting and immersive and doesn't feel like whack yeah. is uh you know is going to be a, a, a like life-changing for a, a huge number of people it's a really interesting uh really interesting time yeah 
James just changed his background to now he's in the Metaverse <laughs> with the Teletubbies <laughs> on the Zoom, which is tight. Yeah, dude. Uh, but yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, I think it's. Uh, I, I, we're gonna see. We'll, we'll see how this really shakes out. I think that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I don't. Like I said, I wouldn't bet against. I wouldn't bet against him. Um, it feels so weird and rough to me still because again, I've not. I haven't done an Oculus, but I. I mean, I can really. I remember like really old. I, I had a Virtual Boy when I was like in middle school. Uh -huh. I don't know if you guys remember. What <laughs> Like oh, that yeah. was that's oh, a yeah. real throwback. It was like all red. It was just lines all in red, and you had to like put your face to it. <laughs> but um, and it was like so crappy. But I loved it. I played ver tennis on Virtual Boy. Um, well, like like HTC Vive is still like supposedly the best one. Uh, there is one that was in like 4K or something like that. Uh, we were I was at a VR trade show like two years ago. We were looking at oh my gosh, fuck, time goes by. So maybe four years ago now. Um, but we were looking at, you know, getting deeper into that space in the agency I was at, and we were going through all the tech, and it was like none of it was there. And there was one headset that was from like Sweden or somewhere like that where they had like 4K, and you're like, oh, this is like you can like this is interesting. But like none of it had applications. None of it was going in the business world. Everything was mid. And the, my only takeaway from that trade show, and I've been to all these emerging tech trade shows, you know, and like I was just like, nope, like not there. And I think that's still, I think uh, coupling the metaverse to VR is a uh, terrible idea. <laughs> I mean, it's, I, I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think we all end up, I think in a long enough time frame, we all end up in the matrix, right? I'm, I'm sort of uh, I'm on board Damn with, <laughs> with believing that. Um, <laughs> But yeah, don't wow. if, if if we end up in the matrix, like plug me in. Like you guys are cool and all to my family, I love you. But like, if hypothetically, you could you could just throw throw something in the back of my brain, and, and I'm just like living basically a lucid dream yeah. of whatever I want. <laughs> See, uh, <laughs> well, you know, ca catch me. In well, the, we we think in the I think a lot about this like in in, in parenting as well because we like I don't know our kid doesn't uh, yeah you know, he gets like a half hour of TV some days, no video games. He doesn't get to use the phone to play games. We're not doing any of that. And we're like discussing the like, okay, we have this little coding thing where he's learning how to do like code like on the iPad, which we'll do like maybe an hour of a week. But it's like, all right, we're, you actually have to debate where I'm like, okay, is that going to make him behind that he's not like spending eight hours a day playing video games because like that's the new standard? Or is it the fact that like we're keeping him actively out of that so he explores the world around him going to separate him from that? That's like a hard thing that I don't know the answer to and that definitely worries we, me. I Ooh. feel like we... Like our generation is pre pretty uniquely placed for that dilemma, right? Because it probably goes both ways. Like 15 years ago, it's like, yeah, you could get sucked into video games, not be in the real world. But uh, to our point, like the not real world is such a big part of life now that uh, I mean, that's interesting. You saw that you, you want them to be native. Didn't, you know? Isn't FaZe Plan going into a SPAC? I mean, not to totally, yeah, they are. Um, not to just like totally get tangential here, but like, this is again to your point, Colin, about like 15 years ago, you could have been sucked into video games and it'd probably not be like have much of a future for you except for the enjoyment of playing video games. Whereas, like today, like clearly forget streamers, right? Just making money off of ad yeah. revenue, right? Like people are full on. I mean, there's just an entire business being built off of all you know, off the back of all this. And then Phase Clan, you know, is I'm trying to see the valuation, but like. Uh, yeah, it's folding into a SPAC, which is like kind of nutty. I don't know. That's just like m mind blowing to me. Um, so clearly, there's an opportunity. I'm not saying, Oren, that you should have your your son just you know playing video games 12 hours a day. No, but this this is the thing we think about because we're like doing all this. Like you know, we spend a lot of time. We work on science constantly. We work on engineering and building things constantly. And we're like actively not pursuing the screens because I feel like I wanted to have that rooting into like solving problems in reality. But then you're also looking at that like maybe we should be leaning in super deep to it. But then also like, I don't know, my eyes hurt 
every day. Because <laughs> yeah. I stared, you know, I, yeah, no yeah. Colin feels me. I, you guys all feel me. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, like, it's, it's just like, all right, like, is that what we're trying to sign? Or we want to sign these people up for a life of that. Or are you preparing them better for management or for ideation or these things that I feel like separate potentially like the winners of the American economy? You know, it's like, is that it's still going to be the case? Because I feel like everyone's like, oh, our kids are going to be engineers next time. And now it's going to be like, okay, everyone's going to be an engineer. Like, what's the differentiator? Is it still going to be like management and ideation is it going to be something else. And then we're trying to predict the future. But then, and I think we have the, uh, the gift and the curse of like being thinking that we're smart enough to actually be able to like make an intelligent guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or, or, or Versus control like where he or she lands. Yeah. yeah. I mean, these are, these are, I mean, honestly, you guys, as a, as a single childless man, I, I don't have these, yeah, you don't have like a whole lot to contribute. Here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting to hear you guys think about it. Right. Cause these are like, I don't know. It's, uh, this is, yeah. Well, because that, that's all you want to think. You want to enable that next generation to be able to do, you know, and we were the first, we're all, we're all roughly the same age. Right. Like I remember playing Oregon trail, you know, in, in, in the Good computer old lab, Oregon trail, <laughs> yeah. Oregon yeah. trail. Yeah. Lab. <laughs> only, I feel like Oregon, trail is like now people like you know people don't that think about fire. this Mavis like, beacon that's probably it's probably the number one reason that people live in Portland <laughs> is because of the innate association with the organ otherwise why would anyone ever do it you know oh what I'm my like, god I, I i actually would play Oregon trail right now like i think that game fucking was dysentery brother dude, <laughs> for the river for the river, the river. 100 take the wheels off because we're for the river boys um and mavis beacon the typing game anyway point is i think that we were a generation wow. where like I'm, i we were this pivotal time in humanity really right where we had we grew up with textbooks before we started recording i just pulled i just showed you guys a thousand page textbook that i bought on mergers and acquisitions right but like only reason i buy that flex, flex is flex. because i grew up with textbooks right do you see what i'm saying like there's no way that my niece my nieces or nephew who are all under the age of 11, you know, uh, you know, I remember my little niece Taylor when she was like three opening an iPad and then going into photos and picking a folder to show me photos that she wanted to show me. Right. Like crazy, crazy stuff like that. Um, maybe she was four either way. Like, you know, she was not really talking much. Yeah. Um, well, this is why Colin's birthing his second child into a into, dad. Like, directly. <laughs> yeah. then the, directly the community, into the dad. The community can decide. <laughs> you know? She's, she or he will be secured yeah, on yeah. the blockchain. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah, they. she... she blockchain yeah. baby. They, they, Great band they, they will never... Um, yeah, she'll never... She would never buy a textbook, right? So my point is that we are this weird, pivotal generation, I think, um, where we're seeing the, the, the mix of, like, interested in tactile things, Right. And then also like being totally okay with the digital world. But I think even your guys' children and, and my, my children that I hope to have one day will, I think they're already going to be pretty disconnected from a lot of the tactile world. And to Colin's point, like as much as you guys try, I think that, you know, as they get older, they're just going to be doing the stuff they want to do. And it's probably all going to be digital, right? Like, I don't know. It's interesting, yeah. interesting to think about. Yeah. I just want them easy to set them up to be executives, you know, <laughs> like that's. Like, you guys are just kings. Yeah, like, the executive track. Yeah. Is there a Montessori executive Yo, track? I, like, not to be serious about that, but I've been thinking about that in the word executive, like, over this weekend. And really, on a serious note, I want to set them up to have executive function, which, of course, is where the term executive comes from. And if you, like, strip that down to what it actually is, uh, Peter Drucker, effective executive, uh, is not per se about a executive in the sense of, like, at the highest level of a organization, uh, since all organizations will be DAOs. But it's literally like having executive function. Like, I'm going to do this thing, make sure this thing happens, 
communicate with whoever I need to communicate to to bring that to fruition. And I think that's all you can really that really ask for. And like generally, like most most people cool. don't yeah. have that. I love that. Yeah, the gumption and confidence to make gumption. a decision and be responsible yeah. for others acting on that decision is like a uh, like to bring that out of a person or especially out of a child or whatever is like yeah. Right. Uh, where you're supposed to, they're just basically you're, the whole point of, okay, well, we're just going to tell them what to do for X amount of time. If they break those rules, there's going to be punishment for it. It's like, you're built to be not that. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think we got to we gotta ownership. Get, we definitely got to do the, the parenting episode. Should I just take notes? Wait, yeah. <laughs> no, we you're, do James parent explains the right? parenting, right? It's just like, <laughs> yeah. like what is whooping cough? <laughs> <laughs> James explains hand, foot and mouth disease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's, yeah. that's a good conclusion. Uh, um, yeah. Well, that was good. I, I like that. So we're all yeah. going to the metaverse. Um, I feel we covered it. Yield Farm of the Hour, Wonderland, oh. uh, lots of light flexes. You know, yeah. Did we talk about Wonderland? <laughs> NFT quick? show of the week was, was was meta. You know, I guess it all. J- James explained the SNOP process. Was that a different uh, pod? Yeah. Or was that a pod of yeah. my dreams? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> pod of my dreams. Uh, someday. Uh, all right, cool. Uh, Right. DSNOP, decentralized SNOP process. Handbook coming soon from from Land Force and myself. Uh, <laughs> handbook is also a DAO. Um, Wife I'm shout so out. Tired. Privilege check. How's are you guys? Are, I'm so yeah. tired. Being tired is a privilege, <laughs> yeah. brother. If <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see me on the right, zoom, but I'm a train wreck right now. Oh. All right, go go pass out. We'll save Wonderland. I, mean, I will do a dive uh, into Wonderland next week because I think. Uh, Look, you look beautiful to me, brother. If, <laughs> I agree. Leaving a lot of ASOP on your face, I can see. Um, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, make sure you use some, yeah, some stringent. I'm, I'm gonna stop <laughs> recording right now. Yeah, toner. <laughs> <laughs>